mental health advocate, and a fast walker. I'm Gabby Dunn. I'm a writer, a bicon, which is a bisexual icon, unofficial expert at being bad with money, and official expert at the TV show Law & Order SVU. Anyway, (laughs) this is Just Between Us, a podcast about brutal honesty, female friendship, and completely unsolicited advice. So we like to start off the show sort of just checking in with each other, even though we talk every day. I know. So what's going on? So today I made a mistake, and I'll tell you what I did. I hope so. As you know, I don't like to wear a bra. Hate it. But I've been wearing bralettes because of the nipple police. I hate them. I Get hate rid them. of them. Fuck them. I Who can't, needs them? I can't wait until, like, just having your nipple showing is totally fine. But I, you saw me yesterday. Nip's totally out. Here's my thing. I'm fine with my nipples showing. I think it makes other people uncomfortable. Mine were out yesterday. And I felt uncomfortable. Really? No. <laughs> I paid for these boobs, and I will present the nips as often as possible. Well, but anyway, I found these one this one bralette that, that is comfortable, and I normally wear that, but I'm kind of running low, and they're ripping, and so I wore a different one today. And oh, man, is it hurtful. Well, you have... What do you have? It's like I have that typhoiditis. Makes, yeah, it makes your skin tender, no? Uh, well, about... 10 to 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with xiphoiditis, which is an inflamed cartilage. Sure. And uh, I have no idea if I still have it, but you better believe I say I do. Yeah. Well, you have like tender head and you bruise easily and like you're like a little, you're a little peach. Yeah. I Things don't, hurt you. Everything hurts. Sure. Like I don't know how people wear high heels. Yeah. I couldn't wear pants until you, like two You don't like ago. to wear pants. That's very true because it hurts you. But now I've started wearing like really stretchy jeans that Jeggings. are a size too big. No, real jeans. Oh. Cheyenne, my sister does that. Size too big. Get your jeans a size too big and then eat what you want. Sit down. Stand up. Live your dreams. I'm hurt also. Yeah, you're very badly injured. Yeah. I threw my hip out or something. I don't know what I did. You're having muscle spasms. I'm having muscle spasms. I did a thing. Now I'm like, I'm going to, I have to go to like physical therapy. Yeah. My like leg doesn't work. I know. Physical therapy is very awful. I should be more encouraging, but it's some (laughs) of the worst times I've ever had in my life. Yesterday, the doctor moving the leg around and being like, we're going to test what hurts. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I'm real, like very apologetic. I was like, I'm so sorry for what's about to happen. Like, we're going to have to move it to see what's wrong. Yeah. And it's that really embarrassing type of pain where you're just screaming. You're like, I'm so sorry. I'm fully screaming. We ruled out it's not a bone issue and it's not like a slip disc, which would have surgery. So it's really just muscle, a muscle, like every muscle is spasming. And I also have that thing where like, you know, I'm very tense in real life. I have a lot of childhood trauma. And so I I don't think you've ever been still. Yeah. Like your knee is always going up and down or you're always fidgeting or something. Yeah. I've never just seen you completely still. Yeah. So the woman was like touching the part of my back that's upset. And she was like, how do you sleep? Which I was like, I don't. And then she was like, how do you like, how are you walking right now? And I was like, I'm not. And she was like, "Okay, yeah, this is not good. Like, I've never gotten a massage or had like someone do my nails where they haven't been like, relax, relax. Yeah. And then I end up going, I am relaxed. And they're like, you're not. You're literally fighting me. Do you find it uncomfortable when you have to, like, rest your fingers on their hand when you're getting a manicure? 
I, I can't do it. Oh, I do it. And I, and sometimes I like it too much. <laughs> it feels like too intimate, you know? I it, And then I get embarrassed and then I tense up because I've been too relaxed around them. You're like, I was actually just enjoying this human contact. Yeah, but... it's like this touch is nice. <laughs> you just stroke their fingers and they're like, that's not part of it. And you're like, it is for me. I Or when you get your eyebrows waxed and they go and they go mustache as well. And I go, no, I'm le- I like my mustache. Leave it. I'm in control of my body hair. Yeah. I choose what stays and goes. Exactly. I had, oh, I had a woman I was getting, I don't do, I don't get Brazilians anymore, but I used to. And one time a woman I was getting a Brazilian and she was like, happy Rosh Hashanah. Like she just assumed from my pubes <laughs> that I was Jewish. She also saw your face. Hey. Oh, sorry. It's true though. So I think I, I might've told you this, but growing up, like I'm, I'm a bad shaver. And I yes. like cut myself a lot by accident and it would like really upset my dad. And so <laughs> one time he like calls me into his office and he's like, look at, look at what I found. He was like this great deal on Brazilian wax in four different mm-hmm. locations. So I think what I need to make clear is my dad did not know what a Brazilian wax was. Oh, he just thought it, they would just it wax. It was a type of wax. Oh, And no. he thought that four different locations meant like arm. Leg. Oh. Armpit. Ken. Not like different cities. He's so sweet. He's so tender. And I was so mortified that I had to go, oh, I've heard that hurts a lot. And then I ran away. And then two minutes later, I told my mom and we laughed at him. Oh, no. I mean, he means so well. He means so well and oversteps so many boundaries. See, my dad oversteps boundaries, but he does know better. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if he means well. Our dads are almost like the pure and evil side of the same coin. Mm -hmm. Well, we have got a great episode for you this week. We'll be talking to someone I have a very close personal relationship with. Sexy. (laughs) Okay, we'll also be discussing failure. But first, my favorite segment. International question. International question. International question. Elena from New York, previously Bulgaria. Hi, I'm a big fan of you both and enjoy watching your shows as reruns over and over and over again. I'm happy to hear what you have to say about sharing finances as an established couple. I'm with someone making a good deal more money than me. I'm in grad school and earning almost nothing, and I'm not sure how to navigate big expenses that we ought to share, rent and mortgage in the future. Also, talk to me about prenups. How do you feel about it? I hope to hear from you. Thanks for your time, Elena from New York, previously Bulgaria. I love this question for so many reasons, and mostly that I can't stop talking about prenups. Why? I love them. Oh, yeah, you and my mom both. My mom's a divorce attorney, so I've just heard about prenups nonstop since I was a kid, and, like, I think she would disown me if I didn't have a prenup and I got married. Everybody should have a prenup. Yeah. Because here's the thing. It's your money. Oh, yeah. As you know, I'm not a romantic What's the opposite of a romantic? Cold, hard bitch. Yeah, I'm a cold, hearted bitch. So because of that, you know, it's a contract like any other. Going into marriage is a contract. You have lawyers go over all other contracts. Why wouldn't you have a contract for this? Especially because it has to do with money. All of your money, not just like, you know, a W-2 for some job you did or whatever. I think it's interesting when people are like, oh, you think that our love isn't real if you're making me sign a prenup. And I'm like, 
no, like you respect me enough to sign this prenup. Like you so truly believe in this relationship that the prenup doesn't even matter because you'll know we stay together. So we might as well sign it. Yeah, I read this article on Huffington Post a while back. That was this woman saying, oh, well, you know, a prenup just gives you an out so you don't have to work on the relationship. And I was like, what? You? If anything, it makes you stay so that you, you keep <laughs> half the money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. So that you can remain in the lifestyle that you are accustomed to. Right. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because growing up, I grew up in a very kind of traditional household mm-hmm. where my father made money mm-hmm. and my mother did everything else. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, my dad did a lot too. And then my sister got married young and her husband makes money. And so I was always like, okay, well, I don't have to really support myself because there'll always be a man that's supporting me. Right. And then turns out no one wanted to do that. <laughs> So I had but, to, uh, but also you are you got successful on your own, right? Which was a huge relief. That share quote, share said, "My mom always said to me, you have to marry a rich man." And I said, "Mama, I am a rich man." Ooh, I love that. And love you look that. like young share. Thank you so, so much. So take that into your heart. I will. Okay, so my family total mess, total yes, disaster, very bad. Alcoholism, drugs, gambling, no bueno. Mm-hmm. Parents somehow still together. Right. Wow. I think the biggest twist of all is that my parents stayed together. Yeah, but in a way, wasn't that another bad decision? (laughs) (laughs) They're having a great time now. It's fine now. It's fine. I mean, wow. I I can't. They weathered the storm. Yeah. So they're still together somehow and loving it. My mom, breadwinner. Mm -hmm. Dad, mess. I'd say spender. Yes. So, well, yes, spender into like, you know, secret accounts for gambling and Mm -hmm. cocaine and then also like, you know, just try. Yeah, a mess. And so I always saw the woman is in charge of the house. The woman is the one who makes all the money. The woman has a real job. And then the guy just gets to like be a perpetual man child. Right. And so that I think manifested in some of my relationships. And now I wonder if the men I've dated haven't been like emasculated by oh they have they me. told me they told no. you <laughs> <laughs> because that's the other thing is they want they're like yeah i want you to make money i want you to to mm-hmm. be you know successful but also like i don't like that you pay for everything but then they initially they like that you pay for everything but then they stop liking it yeah i've had issues where it's like i have more money and so i want to continue to live the lifestyle that i want to live mm-hmm. and then my boyfriend at the time would be like, well, no, I can't afford that. And I'll be like, well, I'll just pay for it so that we can do it. Mm-hmm. And then there's anger and resentment. But I think if the roles were reversed, that wouldn't be a problem. Exactly. And yeah. that's where we really get into the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> and it honestly took us a while. I can't believe you brought up patriarchy first. You guys don't understand. Longtime watchers of the YouTube channel, I would bring up the patriarchy within two seconds of every episode and you would roll your eyes. And now look who's bringing up the patriarchy. And then so, OK, so I date women, right? What? And I've talked. Here we go. Allison likes to pretend she's never heard this before. Uh, so I primarily date women now. And I've uh, noticed that if I am with a, a woman butcher than me, mm-hmm. the person at the restaurant will hand them the check. Oh, interesting. And it doesn't matter who actually paid. They right. will be like this male presenting person definitely paid, you know, especially with two women. It's like not clear who's who's mm-hmm. paying or who's covering what. My one ex-girlfriend, Shannon, would always take her wallet out expecting to pay. Right. And I was like, why do you think that you're paying every time? And she would be like, I don't know. I just like I'm I'm the boy. I don't know. And I was like, what? There is no boy. That's the best part of this whole situation. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like for sharing finances and one person earns almost nothing, there's can be so much resentment. Well, I think that that's a big problem in our society is like 
money equals worth. And like that can't Hate be the, that. that can't be the case in a relationship. Hate that. Like that'll kill your relationship yeah. faster than anything. You you're a money expert. You know that finances are the number one problem in a relationship, right? Oh, number one reason for divorce, according to my mother, divorce lawyer Karen S. Grainer. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just hate that I worked so hard to like be in a place where like I can cover dinner and then be made to feel bad for it. You shouldn't. Um. Okay. My therapist. Had Ooh. a really great idea where she we were talking about splitting expenses as a couple. She said, you can't only consider money to be the thing of value. Mm-hmm. So if one person makes more money, but the other person like does the laundry or, you know, primarily takes care of the dog or agrees to do all the dishes or whatever, then everybody's contributing. Exactly. So money is not the only thing you can contribute to a household is what she um, told me. I think that's great. I wish yeah. she was on this podcast. Oh, my God. I would love to have her on this podcast. I love her so much. So I Um, also think you have to talk about it endlessly. I know it sucks, but you really have to talk about it endlessly. I don't know if your partner is a guy or not, but if you are with someone who has more money than you and and pays for more stuff like your rent, especially in mortgage, um, you don't want to get into some sort of like financial abuse situation where you can't leave or Mm. you can't like, you know, you feel like you have no power in the relationship because they make more money because financial abuse is huge. So like, just be really careful. I'd also say that like, figure out a way to talk about it without like tensions high. You know, like, I think there's so much taboo around this subject and that, like, you shouldn't talk about it and that it's, like, uncomfortable. But I think that, like, the more that it just becomes part of your life and it's, like, something that, like, someone can share, like, oh, I, I need money to pay off my credit card. It's like, oh, let me just loan you this for right now. It's not a big deal. You pay me back. I think in a lot of relationships, it sort of changes. Like, one partner will sort of, like, carry the financial mm-hmm. stuff and then that person will be looking for their next gig and then the other person will carry, you know, and, like, I think if you're with somebody that you plan to be with long term, you can't just think in terms of today. Exactly. Yeah. Things change all the time. Elena, I hope that this helped you on some level to review, try to take away the taboo nature of talking about finances. Mm-hmm. Remember that you're contributing more than money to a relationship and that holds value. Yes. And that money doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. And look towards the future and your whole life with someone versus today. Yes. It can make things easier. Oh, no. Money's amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But uh, I think it is something that Allison's right. You have to be more casual about and you can't, like, add so much emotional weight to it. So – you know, also get a prenup. Oh, absolutely get a prenup. If you walk away wa- knowing one thing from this podcast, it's get, get a prenup. prenup. If you want to submit your international question, even if you're American, please send it to gbupodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to reading your questions off air and hopefully on air. Coming up, we're asking one of my favorite ex-boyfriends some tough questions. So stick around. Do you have other ex-boyfriends that you like? Stick around. Hi everyone, Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. 
Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box. And there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment. And she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out. And she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic, trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in book of the month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice to text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before so I'm so excited for that. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code just between us for 10% off today. Welcome back to Just Between Us. Now it's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, controversial segment known to all of podcasting, Tough Questions, with our guest, Dan DiLorenzo, who happens to be my ex-boyfriend of a year and a half. Welcome, Dan. You want to give his other credits, maybe? He's my ex-boyfriend. He's a writer. He's a director. Yeah. You wow, might thanks, Gabby. Yeah. But when you, we talk about him, that's not what we talk about. Oh, no, almost never. <laughs> you, and 
former coworker. For, yes, we met working at BuzzFeed together. Thank you for doing this. So what was your first thought when I reached out and asked you to be our guest? Um, Not surprised. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Not surprised? No, because she knows that I would say yes to this kind of thing. And it seems like, ooh, exciting, yeah. right? To interview an ex. What a dream. Were you worried that you were going to come on the show and Allison was going to grill you? I mean, I am prepared to, like, be made a fool of or be made no! to look, be, like, painted to, to look, you know, not great, but... We would do all these BuzzFeed videos, remember? Yeah, so people like, knew that you were that together. That was kind of our yeah. thing, where she would like shit on me and be like, ah, ha, ha, whatever. And it was not... People did not like that. No! Yeah, I got a lot of hate. <clears throat> people, But people, you know, it's interesting to expose your relationship, right? Where like people saw you guys together on yeah. those videos so they mm-hmm. could comment on your dynamic or your relationship. Well, it is also then like, you know, when you're trying to get over somebody and then you can watch so many videos of you together For that sure. has 10 million views. For sure. That's not the best. No, it's for not For my great. mental health. No, <laughs> it's not great. People's exes in, in the lesbian world are in their weddings, mm-hmm. perform their weddings, are like, you know, their best friends forever. There is no scenario where I will ever be your friend. Yeah, and everybody says that. Everybody <laughs> says that. Not me. Not fucking me. But why are straight people against it? Like, why would they say, no, not me? No, that's not going to be a thing. I think that, like, feelings still, lingering feelings, feelings of jealousy if the person's now with somebody else. Okay. Feelings of sadness. Okay. Hurt. You don't have to explain the spectrum of human emotion to me. I just mean like why, like les, like lesbians are just like, yeah, yeah, we'll hang out next week. First and foremost, a lot of times, if you have a, a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, you're you're friends, like you're buddies, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, Almost mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah, that's more your life. <clears throat> you're not a romantic, so your right. relationships are are more like a, a friendship where you occasionally touch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's accurate. That's a hundred percent accurate. It was so emotionally draining to be mad at you all the time. That's a fact. Like, that was awful. Like, I spent a year and a half just miserable. Like, even, like, when we were getting along and when it was going well, like, I I would then, like, the moment we'd be apart, I'd be like, well, but what if, I bet he's cheating on me right now. And, like, just, like, spiral. and constantly thought he was cheating on you. Well, because he he was a known cheat. It's true. I did (laughs) have a reputation at the time for being a cheat. But for the record, I never cheated. But it would be... Allison is the important part. Yeah, I've never cheated dot 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 on Allison. But hey, isn't that look, I was okay. Mm -hmm. I was honest about that. That Mm -hmm. was a part of my past Mm -hmm. that I've done and 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 having been friends first, she knew about. So I can't she couldn't unknow that, you know. Yeah. That's sort of telling the story in a way that's not completely true. Maybe he thought we were friends. I thought we were getting ready to date while he had a girlfriend. Got it. Right. Got it. So that established us in an unhealthy place from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then we never were able to recover from that because I was so immature. Mm-hmm. And I'd say also you were so commitment phobic. Yeah. Yeah. Ter- not a great combo. Why did everyone stay? I stayed out of love. And sure. Dan stayed out of uh, fear. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> let no. Dan, let Dan answer. No, I would say love. And it was like fun. We had a good time. Yeah. We have fun hanging out. Like, you guys was, did, yeah. You know, it wasn't all bad. Do you feel you stayed longer than you should have? Or you were like, maybe we could turn the ship around? Uh, probably only because our expectations were different. You know, like, I'm I'm cool just status coasting. quo. Like, coasting. Mm-hmm. Like, we were having a good time smoking weed, having a laugh, playing with the dog. Like, <laughs> life was mm-hmm. good. Um, but I was not ready to, to kind of settle down and stuff. And that's what she expected. And I knew that. Mm-hmm. But just, 
like also, ignored that. On our one year anniversary dinner, you sat across the table from me and said that you missed your ex-girlfriend while you were home, that you weren't sure I was the right person because everyone had told you that when you meet the one, like, you have this big moment of being like, oh, that's that person, and you hadn't felt that for me. And this was on our anniversary dinner. Mm-hmm. And I had to be like, cool, cool, great, great. Yeah, not probably not the best thing to say. Had a few <laughs> drinks, definitely. Uh, <laughs> hadn't, hadn't started therapy yet, but... but uh, we went home he like drove me home and i was like okay good night and he was like oh is something wrong <laughs> why dan oh man well so do you think that uh staying in touch uh after your relationship has been healthy for you guys oh i think we probably have different maybe different answers <laughs> <laughs> unhealthy for me probably fine for you yeah the, the more time that passes mm-hmm. i think the healthier it is i think right after is a bad idea yeah but I think, like, you know, we both dated other people. Some dated several other people. All right. <laughs> um, Let's so calm I, down. <laughs> so I think, I think that makes it okay. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Well, I think that the problem is, is that for years afterwards, I was like, we're going to get back together. And yeah. that was unhealthy. Yeah. And yeah. then finally, literally as of like three months ago, I'm like, never mind. <laughs> and now I feel like we could have a healthy relationship. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. Because like I said, or I keep saying, like, we get along. Yeah. Like, we have fun. Yeah. I would always say, oh, that guy's great. Not for you. <laughs> Which so, is, yeah. I appreciate and is like, it's a compliment, but also extremely like accurate. You want to leave relationships with all of that person's friends going, that guy's great. Not for you, though. Yeah. Great guy, bad boyfriend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the kind of review that I but- get. Like, great guy to know, horrible guy to date. So when I asked you to come on, I said, please prepare a secret to share with us. Yeah, and now it's something that everyone's going to know. So it's not really a secret, but tell us your secret. So my secret is that in two months, I'm getting a hair transplant. That's so exciting. Are you scared? Very scared, yeah. Wait, I don't understand. He's what? getting hair put into his head No, surgically. sure, sure. I get it. I just mean <laughs> the like... The concept? Yeah, oh, I understand I'm the bald. concept. Maybe you don't know this. I'm a bald I'm, man. No, I don't know this. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Look at him. There's no... Oh, yeah, the top part. Okay. Yeah. It's like, and that's what, that's what kind of made the decision. I was going to get a consultation and uh, I went to several consultations and the girl looked at me kind of like how Gabby was. She was like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, looked through and she's like, oh, you do that's a really so good job. And I was like, yeah, that's a comb over. Yeah. I, I have a comb over. Wait, how long does the procedure take? Uh, like seven or eight hours. So you're you going at like 7 a.m. No, <gasps> it's like a flight is how they describe it. Like they do local and they give you painkillers, and you just, like, sit and, like, watch Netflix or whatever, and they just, like, Ooh. plant uh, wow. seeds in your head. Because they are going to, you know, they do have to cut yeah, a chunk yeah. of your head out here. What? Mm-hmm. For the donor hair, you Oh, it's know? your own hair? Yeah, because I've got great hair right. where I have hair. Yeah. They so could take your beard hair, even, I'd say. I wish they would. But they cut a strip <laughs> out, and then they'll, st- you know, staple or whatever this back together. So this is Ooh. interesting it's because I just got... Uh, my boobs done and it's like there's you know there's this and you've had a nose job I mean there's this like stigma against doing stuff for your looks or your vanity or whatever do you feel like there's like a stigma of like oh you're yo, you're vain for well doing yeah this, and that's why I like, didn't want to tell anyone and that's why I was going to do it now because right now like I could fool you mm-hmm. and I could get it done and then no one would, would know. be like oh good haircut they wouldn't really know mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't be from like you know, totally bald to hair yeah but yeah I feel like there's a there's a stigma against like wanting to spend 
the money to mm-hmm. do that. It's just like a vanity involved. But also there's a stigma against a, being a hair plug guy. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Even when you do it, you're like, a, you know, Ooh. it's like not. But I think if you do it well, like Jeremy Piven. There are so many people with plugs that you don't even know. And you know. don't even know. Yeah. And then you can look online for the before and after yeah. celebrity. And you're like, oh, and you're like, like Joel sh- McHale's a great one. Yes. Oh, Huge. interesting. Um, not to like. Out him. Out no, but him. you can but he's tell. Doing okay. It's been shocking to me that it's taken this long because it's a male problem and you'd think that the men would figure it out. But men are so secretive about doing anything like that. Like being vain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's very empowering and exciting. Well, yeah. I appreciate the support. I knew you two would get it. That's why I was like, well, if I'm going <laughs> to tell anybody. Oh, yeah. And I like the idea, you know, obviously we've bashed on men a lot on this podcast, but uh, I like the idea of destigmatizing, like doing this, you mm-hmm. know, men men's hair stuff. I also think like I've dated a lot of bald dudes. Love it. Who gives a shit? I used to have a thing where my ex, who's who's very bald, I would say he was bald, and people would go, "Oh, like a cool, like a Jason Statham bald, like a hot, like Bruce Willis bald," and I'd be like, "Nah, dude, like a straight up Giamatti bald, <laughs> like a Larry David bald." But also, he's won multiple Emmys, so yeah. There you so go. you know what I mean? You I'm win some, you lose some. Not talented enough to be that bald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talented enough to be that bald. That's your tagline. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So let's wrap up this tough questions talk. With an opportunity for you, Dan, to ask us some tough questions, if you have any. You have and any? we have to answer honestly, which will be so tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part because you guys are so – I don't feel like you even have any secrets. Like, you just say everything anyway. Who do I want to know? Um, I don't know. I guess I'm curious about the dynamic between you guys, how that's going. Ha! That's really different from when I knew you. How do you feel about Gabby's like super? We've changed dynamics. That Gabby's doing better than me. Yeah. How do you oh. feel about that? But I feel like a couple of years ago I would have like been resentful or like it would have made me really sad. And now I feel more just like happy for you. And I'm like, well, right now I'm going through a tough time, but I'll probably come out of it. Yeah, of course. It's like when we ju- it goes through ups and downs and phases all the time. Yeah. So I Thank just you. have to assume that where I'm at right now won't be where I'm at forever. <laughs> but is the yeah. other is the other part of that like, well, I'll be up and Gabby will be down. Or is that not a factor of it? Yeah, no, it I, I, I actually think that Gabby's going to be continuously on the rise. The only thing I wish for Gabby is that she could appreciate it more. Thanks. I, I'm trying to. Yeah. I, I watched uh, an interview with the singer that I like and they were inter- they interviewed her like a year before that and the year after. And she was like saying, watching the old interview being like, oh, wow, I wasn't even like appreciative back then of like, yeah. what I, and now I'm so much more successful. And I like almost cried watching it because I was like, oh, gosh, I really need to like take this to heart or whatever. So look at me. Yeah. I, I think you're doing a better job of it. Yeah, I'm totally. trying to. I'm trying to. Because you do so many cool things and you should be excited about them. Thank you. I'm trying not to be so pessimistic about everything. Yeah. I, I decided to become optimistic, what, like a year, two yeah. years ago? Yeah. And it's great. Okay, so now moving on, we're going to play a little game called Hypotheticals, where I give you a scenario, and then you tell me what you would do in that scenario, and I tell you why you were probably wrong. Right. That's the, mean, the main part, is why we're wrong. A- absolutely. All right, so now it's time for America's favorite game show, Would You Stay With This Cheater? Do you know what you say with this cheater? No. I'm oh, going to give you God. a scenario. And you then know you, this game? Yes. It's a, fa- it's a famous game. No, it's a game Allison it's invented. Huge. It's huge in America and internationally. So basically, I'm going to give you a scenario, and then you decide if you would stay with that specific cheater. Okay. I think I understand. <laughs> okay. Our first scenario, 12 years of marriage. All right? You guys are getting bored, so you agree, you know, to open things up and have a threesome. You get started and you realize, you know what, I'm a little thirsty. So you go to the kitchen to get a glass of water. 
When you come back, they have locked the door. <laughs> later, I did later this to they someone. claim it was an accident. Oh. Okay, well. I have- Me and a girl did this to someone one time. Really? Yeah, in college. Nice. And they have <laughs> locked the door. Yeah, they've locked the door. My girlfriend and that girl have locked the door. Right, right. But it's an accident. But they and, don't open it. But I'm knocking. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm knocking. They forgot I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. It seems like this was planned. Um, they had actually never even met before. The girl that you brought into the threesome is your coworker from work. Wow, I'm messy. Yeah. I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama. And she's married to your boss. Twelve what? years. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. She's my boss's wife. Yeah, and co-worker. And wait, I like what? my job? How much do I you like love my job? Mm. You feel fulfilled at your job and only at your job. Mm. Okay, wait. And why did I choose this girl? Because huge tits. Okay. Huge. <laughs> and, your, and your wife is pretty flat-chested, so you figured this is a chance to, to change things up. Okay. So they, we can assume they something's up with the two of them where they're just hitting it off. Yeah. Or am I going to get in the door and they're playing Scrabble? You have to answer the question first. I <sighs> Would no. you stay with this cheater? No. No, I don't like no. I don't like to be you made don't a fool leave of. Me out? Yeah, I don't like to be left out. Sucks for you. They were making you a birthday gift. Allison! No. <laughs> I also don't like surprises. Yeah, I hate surprises. Anyway, well that one was too obvious. You shouldn't stay with someone who locks you out of a threesome. <laughs> okay. <gosh. laughs> There's no real twist to that. That's a terrible thing to do. Other than they weren't they were actually making a birthday present. They, they were, weren't. but while fucking. Allison! It was a sex tape, was the gift. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually really sweet when you think about it. I have a question. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I just have a lot of free time. Okay, we're going to play one round of Is This a Date? Where I give you a situation and you have to determine if it's a date or not. And this is also tied for America's favorite game show. Your ex-girlfriend asks you to come on her podcast. <laughs> Uh, oh my god, Allison! I was literally about to make the. I don't know these. I wrote ahead this of time. joke down because I thought it was so funny. I literally, <laughs> not kidding. I know I haven't seen these. I haven't seen this paper at all. I, you kept it for me. I was literally about to say your ex girlfriend invites you on her podcast. I swear. What? If, I was so delighted with myself when I made that joke. And what then if I, I had even said that? Dot dot dot. Just kidding. In the notes. What if I had said that? I, I would have been pissed because yeah. you stole my joke. Oh my god, we had the same thought. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, <clears throat> here's our actual question. Ready? Oh. Yeah. You've been living with your platonic roommate for over a year. When one night she asks if you want to go to dinner, just the two of you, somewhere fancy, is it a date? Have you ever gone to dinner before? Um, never anywhere fancy. Are you friends? Um, yeah. Like, were you friends before you moved in? No. So you met moving in. It's like a Craigslist thing. Um, it's absolutely a Craigslist. Thing. <laughs> when, when does when does uh, when do they ask you? Is it day of or is it like, hey, next Wednesday, would you like to go to dinner at eight? They're like, what about? Are you free tomorrow night? I don't know middle why ground, I picked that middle idea. ground, middle yeah. ground. I liked where your head was at, right? Because then it sounds if it's Planned. like, hey, want to go grab something at this? No, place? it's not that day. It's not it's day not of that day. Here's then, the no. thing: do not fuck your roommate. Don't fuck your roommate. Okay. It, so so even, for you, it doesn't even matter if it's even a date if it is a date. Say no. Well, that sucks because that was your soulmate, Gabby. And then you can't decide if someone is your soulmate. <laughs> yes, in my hypothetical world, this is your soulmate. But it wasn't a date, so thank God you didn't make a move. Oh. Wait, so how do I eventually get with my soulmate? I treat it as a date. Yeah, for Dan, it was a date, and they then have to move out. Yeah. Because it goes bad. It'd be fun for a few <laughs> weeks. It'd be a lot of fun. No, you would hate living would with leave. the person. 
Not separate rooms. First. Not separate first, rooms. Yeah. At first, it would just be having sex and palling around. And, uh, two of your favorite things. <laughs> two of my favorite things. But then when I brought someone else, they'd be like, ooh, awkward. Yeah. You're going to bring someone else home with you when you're dating your roommate? Oh, when I was in college, I was I had a roommate. I was dating my roommate, and he lived downstairs, and I lived upstairs, and I used to sneak other people in the window upstairs. I know, but he was abusive, so it's fine. Of... Thank you so much for saying that and validating me. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't behaving great. No, yeah, but he was, a, he was a piece of shit. Thanks, dude. No problem. Yeah, look, if someone invites you out, it's a date or they're giving you bad news. Well, someone was asking me, why would you break up with someone at a restaurant? And for I less was like, of a scene. For less yes. of a scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also then you have to sit at the restaurant and like, don't deprive me of my scene. You want a scene? I'm allowed to, if you're going to break up with me, I'm allowed to have my scene. <laughs> I appreciate the, the we need to talk kind of warning. Because then I can mentally prepare for like, okay, I'm walking into this. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. We need to talk is the worst thing you can text someone. Yeah, but it's essentially, it's kind of nice. It's essentially like, we should break up. And you're like, oh, good. Now we can talk about it in a few hours. Wow. I don't like surprises. I don't like surprises. It's not great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast, Dan. Um, where, Where can we find you if we wanted to? Don't look for me. Okay. I knew knew he was going to say that. I I called it. Didn't I say he was going to be like, I don't want anything. Did you have fun? I had so much fun. I'm sad that it's over. I hope that I made a good guest and a good episode and everybody enjoyed it. Because more than anything, I want everyone to like me. Wow. Self-aware. Yeah. We'll talk about you later when you're gone. (laughs) Thanks. Stick around after the break. We have our final segment, Topics with an X. X, 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 X. And we'll be talking about everyone's favorite subject, failure. I have to go. Welcome back to Just Between Us. Now it's time for topics with an X. With an X. (laughs) It's important everyone knows we're spelling it with an X. Because it's edgy. Yeah. And that's what we are, Allison. Edgy. Edgy AF. Cool. Um, so this is this part of the show where we're like, we're not answering a question specifically, but we're kind of talking about a broader subject. Mm-hmm. And we thought we'd kick it off with one of our favorite subjects, failure. Let's define failure. Like, what do you think failure is for you? Well, failure is wanting something and then it not happening, I mm-hmm. guess. I'm not in the best place right now. Like, I have some stuff going on career-wise, mainly this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You've really taken the reins on it, too. It's quite obvious. I really, I've I've poured my whole life into it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, like, I'm writing a movie, and I, we have a show that I'm going to have to write soon, and I'm, you know, like, I have some stuff, but I'm... We have more going on, like, you feel sad, but we have more going on than, I think, the average person in this town. Yes, but... For me, especially because, like, right now I'm in feature world, I'm not leaving my apartment. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the days don't feel exciting. Like, today that I got to get up and, like, come here to do this was, like, thrilling for me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, and so I feel like I'm not where I wanted to be career-wise and I'm definitely not where I wanted to be, like, personally. And I think that I've had this, like, crazy idea that if I wasn't with like a significant other, like a serious person, like a serious relationship by the time I was 30, then I was a huge failure. But that's so, like, from movies. Sure. But where does any expectation come from? It's society, right? And so instead of having to, like, scramble to somehow not fail Mm -hmm. by the time I'm 30, it's like like I'm not viewing it as a failure. I'm viewing it as, like, a choice. Yeah. So failure, then, you've kind of, I feel like we both have taken it in as, like, part of the experience. 
Right. Part of life, part of the experience. It's not this like, you know, big monster in the corner that we're trying to avoid. It's like inside of us. Or like to redefine it as disappointment instead of failure. Yeah, exactly. Like it didn't work out, but that doesn't mean that like you're a failure. Yeah. That's not what I wanted to happen. Right. But here we are. Yeah. And like we'll be fine. I've gotten to a point like career wise where like huge disappointments happen and they only affect me for 15 seconds. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's wild. I can't tell if that's good or depression. I, well, both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had it more with like personal relationships where like I just like felt nothing about everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So failure in terms of career, I definitely would just throw things at the wall when I was starting and just like one thing would stick and then everyone would be so excited for that one thing and I would feel no joy or excitement about any of it because I would just be like, well, I know the other things that didn't work out. But now I just like I, I just don't let that affect me. And I j- you have to just like enjoy the one thing that did work out. But also maybe none of it will work out. Right. And then you just go, OK. And like you get up the next day and start over. That's what's so wild is like you have to keep going. You always say every day's a day. Every day's a day. You got to just get up and start over. Here's what has failed for me this year. Go Ready? on. Um, I went out and I pitched my favorite show that I've ever written, mm-hmm. um, a half-hour comedy, uh, where I had showrunners attached and we pitched it at every single network and nobody wanted it. Yep. Um, I We went out together and pitched a reality show at every single network. Correct. Nobody wanted it. Right. What else? Oh, my podcast I did with this company, probably not getting a season two. <laughs> well, don't talk about it on this show. Oh, my God. But that's honest. That's upsetting and it's sad and that's my truth. Yeah. That's why, you know what's interesting about us is that you and I both have multiple things going on all the time so that like if something fails, we always have something else that we're doing or writing. And so I feel like for a lot of people, it's really devastating when their one big idea doesn't go. But I think you and I are unique in that we've learned that you need just have like another one ready. Like, okay, you don't like this movie that is like the, my heart and soul and I would die to do and I think is the most important thing ever. That's fine. Here's 15 shitty ideas. Not shitty, but you know what I mean? Like, here's 15 other ideas. Like, I think you and I are both not precious, which is great. You said this to me, is that you have to celebrate the the wins. Right. I think that's very important. You can't wallow in the... You have to forget that you failed 15 seconds, like you said, after you failed and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And can you do that in relationships? Hard. Harder, for sure. So in terms of failure in relationships, I failed a one-year relationship. I liked multiple people who didn't like me back. But did you fail that relationship? I would argue it's a it's a dual failing. Sure, but I was part of the failure. Okay. But I mean, but I'd, it, say, I'd okay. say I didn't fail, but the relationship failed. Yes. But is that bad because you did, it's not, It's. Not, I mean, I guess we view it differently, but like it's not a waste of time if you spent time with someone that you. No regrets. No regrets. That you spent time with someone that you enjoy. Yeah. And I grew a lot in that relationship. Yeah. Um, and I think I learned how to be, like, fully myself with somebody. Yeah. Calling it a failure is harsh. Sorry. I'm trying to just think of things to talk about. No, the I topic understand. is named failure. <laughs> hey, I understand. I had a, a friendship fall apart. And I met up with her and, and I cried. And she yeah. was like, why are you crying? And I was like, because this is a breakup. I've been so curious, like, what the emotional weight of that has been for her. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to cry talking about it right now. You can cry. I'm, like, about to cry. But, right, I've had, like, romantic things go south, and I would cry more about, like, mm-hmm. what happened with the with this friend. Yeah. Like, that, to me, feels really, that, like, shook me. Like, the fact that this person and I aren't friends anymore is, like, totally, 
makes me feel upside down. Well, because I think we're we're taught to expect that romantic relationships fail, but friendships aren't supposed to. Yeah. Like you're supposed to like stay friends with people or like you're not supposed to have a big falling out. It wasn't even like a big falling out, but that feels like very surreal and yeah. sad. Do you think about it every day? Yeah, because it's weird. Yeah. So like, yeah, like that's like a platonic friendship that just like totally went in the garbage. I, and then you're like, I don't know what to do about that. Like then I feel like am I not good at friendship? I think that, th- that this experience has maybe taught you more about friendship. And about, like, Hmm. what to expect from friends. Because in this scenario, you know, she was behaving in a way that you didn't want to tolerate. And I feel like in the past, you would have just tolerated it. Hurt my feelings. Yeah, she was consistently hurting your feelings. And at a certain point, you were like, this isn't healthy for me. Yeah. Where, like, maybe a few years ago, you would have been like, well, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I don't have feelings, even though you did. Yeah, you're right. We don't talk about, like, when a friendship doesn't work out. Yeah. And that's also devastating. Truly. My younger sister is really going through it because she's applying to jobs all the time and mm-hmm. she's not having a lot of luck. And that's super demoralizing. So like, you know, you, you talk about I talk about it in the sense of like a win will come around. But like sometimes it just it just doesn't or it's going to take forever. You have to just change your outlook. You can control how you feel about it. You right. can't control what's actually happening. Yeah. So what do you mean? Change your outlook. Like a thing I say to myself a lot is like I'm safe. Mm. Like I'm physically safe. Mm hmm. Right now, like I'm in good health, like my body feels fine, like mm-hmm. I'm count your blessings. Sometimes, count yeah, your like blessings. and then I go, I have a great family, mm-hmm. I have great friends, you know. And so, like, even though my my anxiety ridden brain wants to focus on the things that I don't have, I'll try to reroute it into focusing on the things I do have. That's good. Yeah, or just th- I like to think of everything that happened as leading up to something. So, mm-hmm. like, and even if that's delusional, but like my therapist, I'll be like, "Ugh, I'm procrastinating," and my therapist will go, "No, procrastinating is part of your writing process. You had to watch that episode of Bones because <laughs> because that helped you write the thing that you are gonna eventually write." Oh wow! And I'm like, I gotta get your therapist. She's so good. <laughs> God, I love her so much. Yeah, I'm having the biggest trouble with like comparing myself to the past and like all these. Like, there were definitely times in the past where, like, objectively things were better. Like, I had more going on or, like, on we were paper. Do- yeah, or, like, you know, like, we, like, and at the time I didn't really appreciate it. And now I'm like, well, if that ever happens to me again, like, you better believe I'm going to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like, if we get to do another book tour for our second book that's coming out called Please Send Help, which you can pre-order now, <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of that. <laughs> I was so stressed that whole book tour. Like, that's so cool that we did that. And, I know. like, I try to, like, take some time to, like, think about how cool it is that, like, we traveled the country, like, doing a live show promoting our book. That people I hate came everyone, to. But, I hate everyone but you, which you can order now. And it got on the New York Times bestseller list, like. For the rest of our life, I always think like, okay, whatever, I'll fuck up for the rest of my life. But, but I'm a New York Times But, uh, but in my obituary, it has to say. <laughs> oh, I think that all the time. Yeah, but I just mean like you have to reframe the failures as either disappointments or as minor steps on the way to something else. And I think also the thing that you can really control is like how you behave in the world and like what energy you put out. And so like if you like, sure, like maybe your show didn't get picked up, but like are you like nice to the people that you that you surround yourself with? Yeah, maybe you didn't get uh, that job. Maybe you did an interview and you didn't get like a second interview for a job you really wanted, but you like – you know, your you friends met up going with your through friend. a hard time and mm-hmm. you're there for them. Like mm-hmm. that talks to the whole thing about like how you interact in the world and like how you make the people around you feel like that's just as important as like selling your novel. Correct. Or any, Maybe any not job. Important. <laughs> <laughs> well, or I would just mean any job, not just entertainment people. Right. Of course. But anyone. 
Okay, so now is the special time where our producer, John, comes into the room with us so that we can rate how this episode went. I'm on the edge of my seat. John, if you want to go first. <laughs> Put the pressure on me. Yeah. I'm going to say a strong 9.5. Hey! Yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> but is that, how, I mean, is that how we did or how you did? I mean, I think collectively. Oh, okay. That's what did we, we did. mess up? What took away that 0.5? Oh, I mean, I think more on me not being like butting in and saying, hey, uh, can we like wrap this up or can we go to another segment? Like y'all's energy was excellent. Thank you. Um, we rambled. I would say less of ramblings and more happy tangents. How do we put it that way? <laughs> happy oh, tangents. Lovely. That's that positive spin we're looking we for. Go. Right, exactly. Gabby, what would you rate it? Um, I would rate it an eight. Whoa, that's low. Mm. But it's, but, um, uh, please on, still rate this five out of five. On yeah, yeah. Apple. <laughs> five out of five on WikiFeet, where I assume you rate podcasts. Um, <laughs> five, uh, I rate it an eight just because I feel like, you know, we talked about you a lot vis a vis Dan, and um, I only really enjoy talking about myself. Do you want to share something else about you right now? No, it was just, you know, very straight, two straights talking. Oh, okay. So. A lot of the hypotheticals were gay, though. And I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and I do appreciate that. Feedback for next time. I'll keep yeah. that in mind. Yes. Let's finish with everyone saying what their favorite part of the podcast was. Oh, my God. My favorite part was, I guess, the hypotheticals. Thank you. Yeah. That's so nice. John? I think my favorite part was how shocked Dan was when you asked him that first question. In that segment, why do you think he should? He's on the podcast. Like, why do we invite <laughs> you on? He looked so shocked. So, your favorite awesome. part of the podcast is something no one will get to see. No, I would describe <laughs> it. He looked as if he had been like robbed at gunpoint, maybe. <laughs> great, great, great. That's exactly how I wanted him to feel. <laughs> or just had come into a room where the most prized possession of his was just shattered. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. His yeah. integrity. His in <laughs> no, I mean, no. he was so ready. He was he, so ready to be like, oh, yeah, I'm a cheater. I'm a commitment yeah. phobe. Uh, like he yeah. was like ready to chess. Yeah. yeah, he he had such great energy. He was a good sport. I mean, he, and he was so honest. Yeah. You guys should give him a podcast. Yeah. On he, that won't, note. <laughs> he won't show up. He won't show up to it. He'll get bored of it after a year and a half. Yeah. Zing. <laughs> More like six months. Here we go. Woo! Great job. I'd rate it 10 out of 10. I had a blast. Aww. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for coming on my show. Me and John's show. <laughs> Thank you so much to Dan DiLorenzo for being a guest. Just Between Us is hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabby Dunn. Our engineer is Brendan Burns. He also composed our incredible theme music. You can hear it right now. Our producer is Kristen Torres. Our senior producer is John Asante. Our executive producers are Chris Bannon and Jenny Radelit. Just Between Us is a production of Stitcher. Tune in next time. Who knows what it'll be? <laughs> good, that's good. People will like that. Stitcher. The mob, the mafia, the syndicate, the family. Once you're in, you're in, you can't get out. What we know about the mafia, it's all about the guys. But there's another side of the mob in the 20th century, and it's just as dangerous, but in a totally different way. Especially if you're a gay man, a drag queen, or a woman. We're talking about the underworld of New York City's very first drag clubs and the woman. That's right. A woman who ran them. 
a woman named Anna Genovese. Anna was the goddess. She's a tough old bird. Who was this mob queen with the insight and ability to write her own ticket in a man's world? That's what we want to know. Who is Anna Genovese? Mob Queens is out now. You can listen on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.